What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols. I am running by myself today on Thursday, June 8th. We've had a lot going on here with the Fantasy Oddballers. There's been a couple of trips. We've got a Dynasty rookie draft coming up. Our our One Dynasty League does the uh, draft a little bit later on because it's hard for uh, all of the guys in the league to find a time to meet together which seems a little crazy, I know, but it is what it is. So our rookie draft will actually be taking this uh, uh, taking place this upcoming weekend. We will probably, you know, you'll probably hear about that in the next episode when you tune in. But today it's just going to be me going over some uh, recent news and then me also kind of reacting to uh, some things that I've been hearing in, among some other uh, fantasy football analysts that just kind of keeps popping up. And So my response to that. So the first thing is we're going to get into some, you know, recent news that's broken since the last time we've recorded. Just lonely here, thinking about the muscle on paper boy, wishing he'd come by and bring me some good news. You know, DeAndre Hopkins obviously is a free agent. He was released by the Arizona Cardinals and has uh, taken his first free agent visit with the Tennessee Titans this previous weekend. The other more recent news that we found out earlier today is that Dalvin Cook is uh, being released from the Minnesota Vikings. They were holding out hope for a last-minute trade. Miami Dolphins were rumored to be a strong contender, but it does appear that Dalvin Cook is going to hit the free agent market, in which case the Miami Dolphins obviously would be interested now that they don't have to trade anything to get him and can just sign him to a deal. Also apparently interested are the Broncos and I imagine several other teams out there. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. As far as his value, that'll really depend on his landing spot. There's not a whole lot of places out there I feel that he could go to be the lead, you know, running back there for, you know, the duration of the season. Again, the Broncos apparently are interested in him, but once Javante Williams comes back, that goes into a timeshare situation. He's going to Miami, who used a rotation of the backs last year. That could have just been because, obviously, injury and also because no guy really stood out to warrant being the number one back there. So maybe he's the number one in Miami. That might be one of his best chances to do that. But he's also getting up there in age as far as from a dynasty perspective. As far as redraft goes, he depend again, his value is really going to depend on where he lands at. If he lands somewhere where he can at least have the role mostly unto himself as the uh, you know number one running back there, that'll be great. If he goes somewhere where he's going to be in a timeshare, uh, you know, with somebody else, you know, eating into his pass catching work or something like that, it's going to be really difficult to know what his value is going to be. And then you know, again, DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see where he goes. There's not a there's a handful of teams that need a number one wide receiver. I guess you could say. But I don't know how many of those are ideal fits for DeAndre Hopkins. Again, there's not a whole lot of those teams either. You have, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs who, you know, if DeAndre Hopkins went there, he would arguably immediately be the number, I don't know, it's arguable, but he'd be the number one wide receiver there almost instantaneously. And there's also rumors that, you know, obviously the Bills are interested there. If he went there, he'd be the number two to Stephon Diggs. How would he do in that sort of role? The problem with those two teams, who are the teams that people keep talking about for him, are that, 
they don't really have a whole lot of cap space to make this happen. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for them to happen. And honestly, I think the Bills should be focusing more on improving their run game. They're a team I think should be in on Dalvin Cook because that's where they really need to improve. I think they can get by with you know, uh, Stephon Diggs as their number one wide receiver and then the collection of other pass catchers they have there operating you know, behind him. And then uh, you just need to threaten the run game besides Josh Allen. And I think the Bills' offense would be a lot more improved from that than they would by adding, you know, a number two wide receiver there from him. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, again, there's not a whole lot of cap space available to them. There's also, you know, you have to wonder what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes' deal, where, yeah, he signed a 10-year deal, but it was set up in a way where they could always come back and rework and, and, you know, obviously, you know, do more with it and... He's just, at this point, he's an underpaid quarterback compared to what the rest of the market is. You just had Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson sign new deals. You know, this is after Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson last offseason signing, uh, you know, deals reset in the market. And you've got Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert coming up. So there's just, it seems like, you know, there's already rumblings that Patrick Mahomes' deal is going to need to be reworked so that he can, you know, get some more money to get what he's worth. So if that's the case, are you really going to spend a lot of money on, you know, an aging wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins when you've just won a Super Bowl without necessarily needing to spend money on an aging wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins? So it just doesn't really seem like a practical move for either of those teams to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Alexander Madison, as far as the Minnesota Vikings go for this uh, upcoming season, I think he's, you know, a... uh, roughly around uh, RB15, so not necessarily an RB1, but like a mid-tier RB2 with RB1 upside is where I would uh, put him. And the main concern out there with him among fantasy experts is, you know, whether or not, you know, when you look at his efficiency numbers, they're not great. When you 220 carries for, you know, like 3.8 yards per carry, but, you know, what sort of stretch are those 220 carries over? It's not like he had a consistent role. So if that's spread over the course of, you know, two seasons, then that doesn't really tell you much because a lot of those touches are just him coming in to give, you know, Dalvin Cook a breather and not necessarily, uh, you know, high, you know, high expectation touches out there. So I don't know that I really want to hold the efficiency numbers against him. Again, whenever he's had to fill in for Dalvin Cook from a fantasy perspective, he's done just fine. I think you should get, you know, probably about, roughly 75% of what you were getting from Dalvin Cook. If the volume remains the same, you can get that from uh, from Alexander Madison. That's really where all that is. And then, you know, Marquise Brown obviously is going to see a huge boost with DeAndre Hopkins gone. I know you're not going to have Kyler Murray for a portion of the season, but all those targets are pretty much going to be funneled through him. You've got Zach Ertz, who's getting up there in age, who's also coming back from an injury. So, again, it really seems like a lot of those targets are going to go to Marquise Brown, and he'll be a PPR monster. And that's really it as far as the major free agency news at the moment. Again, when DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook get landing spots, well, I'll get a little bit more into that with the other guys here. But the two pieces, the two players that I wanted to address... And really three players. I'm going to work a third player into this, but for a different reason. So there's two players that I keep hearing a lot about in other shows and from other fantasy experts that they're really high on that I don't necessarily feel the same way about, and I don't really understand the hype around them. So that's going to be Traylon Burks of the Tennessee Titans and Jahan Dotson of the Washington Commanders. So let me start off by saying that I'm not necessarily out on Jahan Dotson, and in fact, when I look at the trends in the fantasy community, I'm actually quite in on Jahan Dotson, 
and pretty much in agreement with uh, what's going on as far as, you know, across fantasy players and fantasy leagues. And that is right now in ESPN, Jahan Dotson is going as wide receiver 37. So that's not a starter. That is a borderline wide receiver three or flex play for you, which is, I think, an appropriate area for Jahan Dotson to be going. And there's some guys after there that I might prefer for a little bit more upside or a longer-term play. But as far as redraft goes, I think that's a very appropriate ranking for Jahan Dotson. So in Dynasty, when you look at Sleeper, Jahan Dotson is going as pick 85. And that's actually, you know, not a bad spot for me with what, you know, I'm looking at for him. But my only issue with that is that Traylon Burks is going as pick 75. So if at minimum, I'm switching those two positions. And Traylon Burks is also going to get pushed much further down for me. And that's, I take a lot more issue with Traylon Burks, uh, you know, current ADP than I do with Jahan Dotson's ADP. And my issue stems really more with Jahan Dotson from what I'm hearing on other fantasy shows other fantasy shows the way they are talking about him is they are expecting like some sort of huge leap in his production where he is going to be a top 25 fantasy wide receiver and that's really hard for me to see and imagine for Jahan Dotson next season I don't know why they expect this jump and here's my main concern with Jahan Dotson, when I look at Jahan Dotson, if I look at the games where he produced fantasy usable outputs, right? So we've got week one with 18 fantasy points, week three with 17.9 fantasy points, week four with 13.3 fantasy points. My problem is in those three games, he scored four touchdowns. So if you take away the two touchdowns in week one, you took 12 of his 18 points away and you're left with six fantasy points. In uh, week two, if you take away his touchdown, you're left with 11.9 fantasy points, which is serviceable. Then you go to week four, where you got 13.3, and you take away a touchdown, and he's got 7.3 fantasy points. Again, you go to his other games a little bit further down the season. He had a game where he had 16.4 fantasy points. Take a touchdown away. That's 10 fantasy points per game. So my concern is that, you know, seven touchdowns in a season is good for a wide receiver. And in fact, there's only about 20 to 25 wide receivers over the last, you know, on average over the last couple of years that have scored seven or more touchdowns in a season. So, like, I don't, to think that there's going to be a huge jump in touchdown production isn't really logical to me. And then you have to factor in the fact that he missed five games last season, so if he's missed five games and he's already kind of tapped out at where you expect his touchdowns to come in at, those other five games aren't going to be t- particularly impressive unless he's got a significant volume, and he just doesn't have that. Last season, he averaged just over five targets per game and just under three receptions with 43 and a half yards. So let's humor ourselves. Let's humor ourselves, and like he would have to double his his volume essentially in order to put out what you would expect him to put out. He would need to go from five targets per game to 10 targets per game. He'd need to go to just under three catches to six catches per game. And he'd need to go from 43 yards to 86 yards per game. And you look at that and it's then, you know, six catches with 86 yards. Okay. 14 fantasy points per game. But again, that's if he doubles his production. And I don't understand why we would expect such a huge leap. I know he's a wide receiver going into year two. But the bottom line is, he's the number two wide receiver on his team behind Terry McLaurin, who signed an extension with the team last offseason and is going to be ahead of Jahan Dotson for the foreseeable future. 
You've got Sam Howe, who only started three, four games last season at the end of the season for the team, is going into his second year. And you're bringing Eric Bieniemy in to run a whole new offensive system for these guys. So I just I to to be counting on a jump like that is not realistic to me. And when I hear these other shows talk about him, talking about him as a top 25, top 20 wide receiver, that means you're counting on him week in and week out to be a starter for you. And I just can't get there yet with Jahan Dotson. You know, maybe if they figure out their quarterback situation, you know, maybe Eric Bieniemy really does turn it around there. But if you look at Eric Bieniemy's offense there, you know, you can say what, you know, how much of it was Eric Bieniemy, how much of it was Andy Reid. But the bottom line is they funneled their passing game pretty much through, you know, one, two targets. It was Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey when they were there. And when Tyreek Hill left, they funneled it through Travis Kelsey. And they didn't really have anybody else step in and become the number one target or go-to guy like they did when Tyreek Hill was there. So to just all of a sudden expect that Eric Bieniemy coming in alone is all of a sudden just going to double Jahan Dotson's, uh, you know, per game output from what he was putting up last year. It's just not a realistic expectation for me. So I think a lot of people, if they draft Jahan Dotson with, at, you know, following the hype that they're hearing on shows, they're going to end up being disappointed. Again, I don't take that much of an issue with his ADP as wide receiver 37 because you're not counting on to be a starter. That's more of a flex play, but he's probably going to be a few spots lower than me because there's a few other guys that I think have more upside that I would probably take a shot on ahead of him. Again, Jahan Dotson gets hyped up. Traylon Burks gets hyped up. Traylon Burks had an even worse season last season than Jahan Dotson. I know that, uh, you know, Traylon Burks missed some time there as well. He only played in, uh, you know, 12 games, same as Jahan Dotson. But again, you just, uh, you look at what, his fantasy games weren't even as impressive. And he plays on the Tennessee Titans offense. I know he doesn't have major competition at the wide receiver spot, but they are currently not a pass-heavy team. You know, with Ryan Tannehill there start the season, they had, you know, 33 pass attempts, 24, 27, 21, 25, 20, 10, 16. Like, that's that's how often the Titans were thrown, on, you know, through their first uh, nine games last season. First, I'm sorry, first nine weeks, eight games. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of volume in the Tennessee offense. You add to the fact that Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are getting up there in age and could be you know, out the door after this season and they're going to have to, and they're essentially going to be starting all over and you're hoping that Will Levis could be the guy, but he's not going to be starting this season. So if anything, you know, it's going to be essentially his first year as a starter next year. Maybe he'll have a few games that he comes in for Ryan Tannehill if the Titans are taken out this season. But this is a situation where in the long run, like, the Titans are in a very real situation to bring in another wide receiver who can actually compete to be the number one wide receiver on the team. And I don't think the commanders are in that situation where they have Terry McLaurin, they have Jahan Dotson. I don't know that you need to spend a fir- another first or second round pick on a wide receiver to come in and try to push both of those guys down on the depth chart. Where there's a very realistic possibility that Traylon Burks sees a wide receiver come in the first or second round who does push him down to number two on the depth chart. And that's, you know, not even concerning the fact that, you know, the Titans just had DeAndre Hopkins in for a visit and could make him the number one wide receiver on the team. And so both of these guys are getting talked up like they're just all of a sudden going to break out and have huge games next season. I'm not seeing it for them. And in the same breath, those same guys are going to come down and George Pickens, they're going to talk down on. And I mean, I just look at the, the comparison between them and it's like not even much of a comparison. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. So, you know, last season between Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson, there was 10 uh, 
a total of 10 games where they scored double-digit or more fantasy points, and George Pickens gave you nine by himself last season with Kenny Pickett as a rookie quarterback. He only scored... He scored three receiving touch. I'm sorry, four receiving touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. So again, like he might be kind of maxed out for what you're expecting in touchdowns. Maybe you get, you know, another two touchdowns and be around like the seven average. Maybe a few more here or there. But I mean, he was just a. <laughs> He was a much more effective fantasy player, and there is also a realistic, uh, a realistic, a much more realistic scenario where George Pickens emerges as the number one over Deontay Johnson on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just based off of again, George Pickens is a guy who's talked about he could have been a number one pick in the NFL draft if he wasn't injured before. He obviously did suffer the injury. People were concerned about that. He played through a whole season with no issue. He was effective when he was out there. Averaged 15.4 yards per reception. Had a six. Had just under a 62 percent, you know, catch rate on the season. I I can see a more realistic scenario where Kenny Pickett takes a step forward. It's Kenny Pickett coming back with George Pickens. Deontay Johnson are going to be the main two targets there. They're going to run a lot more two tight end sets. They uh, with you know they added Darnell Washington in there. He they have Pat Fryermuth. Darnell Washington's not going to be their pass catching tight end. He's going to be a a blocking tight end. They they brought him in to block. So they're going to run two tight end sets where they've got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson as the receivers, and Pat Fryermuth as their uh, pass catch as their third pass catching option. So it's going to be a really narrow uh, target tree there. Yes, Najee Harris is still there, but Kenny Pickett didn't really show propensity to throw to the running back last season. So I think this, you know, these targets are going to be funneled through these, you know, three players with the majority going to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And I think the most likely outcome is something with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson having a situation like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, not to that level of success where they were both top 15 wide receivers, but to a situation where, you know, one guy might lead the team in, you know, targets and yards and the other guy will lead the team in receptions and touchdowns and you know, things like that, where it, if you look at the four major receiving categories for those two guys, it might be split between the two of them as to who could it be. There's also a realistic scenario where George Pickens is the one. There's also a realistic scenario where Deontay Johnson is the one. But I think the likelihood of George Pickens emerging as the number one wide receiver on this team is much greater than it is for Jahan Dotson on the Commanders. And I think that George Pickens' role, whether it's number one or the number two on the Steelers, is a much more secure role than whatever Traylon Burke's role is on the Tennessee Titans. So, again, from a current ADP perspective, I agree with where Jahan Dotson is going in redraft and dynasty. Uh, Traylon Burke's, not so much. And then I just think George Pickens, in the same breath, is being uh, talked down a little bit more. And I think he should just be, you know, a little bit a little bit higher up. Again, he's not a guy I would draft to be a starter, but I think he's a high upside. He'd probably be one of the first guys I'd be stashing, you know, to be on my bench. So, you know, like the fourth wide receiver you're taking in a draft is where I'm looking at George Pickens. Again, I kind of view Jahan Dotson in a similar vein. Uh, Traylon Burks, nowhere near as much. Traylon Burks is not somebody that I'm particularly interested in for this season or for long term. I think there's a lot more uncertainty with that situation there. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So again, just wanted to get in, get a quick podcast done, uh, give you some of my thoughts, give you some news, and just react to some, um, you know, what's going on in the fantasy community. But that's going to be everything from uh, me today. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan Nichols. Have a great week.